Hello and welcome to One. episode 20. Can you say 20 in another language? 20. <laughs> it's English. 20. 20. That's German. That's how, like so many of their words <laughs> no, sound 20. angry. Do they? It, well, all German, all German languages angry. Yeah. I mean, I think, come on. Even when you're saying hello, willkommen. <laughs> yeah, they had... Um, a, li- a bunch of t-shirts that my kids could buy for German. And one of them, I think, said, I'm not yelling, I'm just German. <laughs> oh, totally. Which, yeah. I, you know, if you're German, you Look, might not find that funny. But you and I both have oh, some German in our lineage. No, 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 that, that is absolutely hilarious. And it's totally true. It's almost like everything is, it's like a cap, it's like, it's like texting in all capital letters all the time. Right. <laughs> no doubt about it. Hey, you know, I see it as just excitement. They're excited. Well, if you're Spanish... And you uh, and you talk like that. They say that you're passionate. Okay, all right. So but, Germans but can be no, passionate. No, no, no they're just no. excited. No, so, they sound they sound pissed off all the time. They <laughs> they really they, they sound just, they sound as though somebody's about to whip them, and they're like nine. Yeah, that's right. Well, they're about los? to whip. They're about to whip somebody for misbehaving. Was is los mit du? What is mit that? Dir. That's what uh, what, what's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? Yeah. Was is los? Was is los? Did you hear that one a lot as a child? <laughs> what is wrong uh, with you? No, I just heard my name screen. Eric. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's like Did- uh, that's like Will Ferrell in um, in Wedding Crashes where he screams, "Mom, meatloaf!" That uh, that's really that's really was my childhood. It's like I don't remember that. Where you, where you been? I here? saw I saw it like eight billion years ago. I don't remember. Okay, it's not that old. First of all, eight <laughs> billion. <laughs> Look, if I told you once, I've told you a million times. Don't right. exaggerate. Do we call this being in quarantine? What do we call this? I think this is like a lockdown. I think okay. that we, I think for me, it's it's more of a, you know, yeah. man, mandated lockdown. Try yeah. to stay at home as humanly, as much as humanly possible. I, it's funny, as you were speaking, I thought to myself, I probably should have done like some type of like, um, took notes of what I did. But oh, it would just yeah. be repetitive. It would just be get up, eat, make myself some tea, go down, yeah. check my emails, make myself some tea, mm-hmm. go to the bathroom, go to sleep, uh, make dinner, go to bed. Yeah. I mean, that would have been that for multiple days. Mm-hmm. I, I, did, I did escape to New Jersey to go uh, see uh, family and friends. And mm-hmm. so for, for a brief moment, yeah, it's, it's a tough, tough time to, to self-quarantine, I guess maybe is a better word. Maybe, it uh, is. I feel like there are some people who feel like they can't hold still. And do you know that scene in the movie Airplane where there's a woman who's flipping out and yeah, there are and people in a line, around. they're like, get a hold of yourself. And they slap her in the face and the next person comes up, get a hold of yourself. And they shake her. And some of those right. people, I just talked to someone last night who said her father-in-law just wants to continue going to to the store every day. Mm-hmm. And I think for some people, I don't know why, they just have a really difficult time breaking those habits, sometimes particularly if they are retired already and that's yeah. their norm. Whereas we look at it as, hey, we can sort of take a pause and focus on jobs that we've left undone because we you know, work during the day or, or, you know, have other things that we need to do. It's tough to break routine. My, my father is in that same boat. I don't know if your mom is that same way, but he, he just is like, well, you know, I have my routine and I'm like, okay, so routine has to change now. Mm-hmm. But now, but now that he, he lives in a um, transitional community and now that there are more people that have the COVID-19 and, you know, they've had a few folks that have died because of it. He now is completely paranoid. So now you have a paranoid person. Yeah. Well, I mean, Who hey, in this in 
being forced out of the routine. But in this situation, really, and I, I have to apologize because this connection, because the whole world is on the internet right now doing school and work yeah. and whatever. Could everybody get off the internet right now so could that we just, could do our show? Because this is way 30, more important yeah, than education pause. and everything. Yeah. <laughs> so it is going to be... Yeah, we're going to be a little bit okay, garbled please. today, so apologies. Well, you're going to be garbled. I'm not. I have oh. a good microphone now. Finally, I have a good mic, I think. But it's the connection. Better. It's the connection. Your oh. mic sounds way better. It sounds great. I, I feel like if you sit and think about the big picture, it can be easy to feel overwhelmed. Or, yeah, maybe you feel sort of boxed in by your lack of structure and you have to build a new structure. I find focusing on simple pleasures can help like, mm -hmm. you know, go to bed thinking happy thoughts about the next morning's cereal choice. <laughs> I love cereal. All, Have we talked the, about how much I love cereal? All the, all the important things in life. Yes. All, I mean, you know, it's, it's funny that you say that because I actually went through and, and I think this is a wonderful time to actually pull everything out of your pantry. Oh yeah, and and look at the expiration dates. Sure, and and start to use some things. I found stuff in my pantry that was well. I think we talked about this before. I was doing some pantry cleaning, and I found cream of mushroom soup, which I've never had in my life. But we yeah. you know, had some insane amount of that. And then now, like the other day, my, my daughter used up the vanilla because they were making cookies or yeah. making my, they're making a, a chocolate chip cookies from scratch. And and I looked at the I looked at that. Now, thankfully, that hadn't expired, but it was. It was inching up there. It was getting close. And so they finished that up. So yeah, I started to pair. And so I started to pare down on the cereal too, really mm -hmm. focusing on the main cereals that we like. So this begs the question, what's the number one cereal on the Glenna hit list? Oh, there are too many, too many. So you have your categories, right? You have your healthy category. You have your... All right. So give me your, your best healthy one. Okay. Well, so... What's your best I, so here I have... A, I need to know this. This is neat to know. <laughs> So, okay, so healthy category, I'd say like Wheaties. I love Wheaties. I love like product, remember product 19? I don't think they even make it anymore. I love that one. But one of my favorite healthy ones is Grape Nuts, which is such an old person sounding cereal, isn't it? It's, uh, every time somebody says Grape Nuts, all I can see is John Denver. I That's all I see. Did he? All did I he see. Yeah, he did an ad for them. <laughs> yeah, wasn't he the guy that like, was he like, uh, he was like, yeah. you fill up my senses, no. crunch. <laughs> It is the loudest cereal ever. So now, okay, well, we'll go through this first. I, I love grape nuts. Uh, in the mid-range category, I would say something like multi-grain Cheerios because mm, they're- I, You stole one of mine. Yeah, I'm yeah, a big multi-grain Cheerios. They're pretty low sugar. They're pretty low salt. Um, and they actually have a tiny bit of sweetness. Vitamins, Good mix. Yeah. 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 How about life? Do you like life? I love life. And life actually is on my list that I wanted to talk about today. Uh -huh. When you pour the last bowl of life cereal- Mm -hmm. And all of the sugar that fell out of those cute little pillows <laughs> that fell to the bottom of the bag comes tumbling mm -hmm. out into your bowl. Do you try to spoon any of it out? Do you leave it there? What do you do about that? Uh, you know, it, it, that's an interesting quandary that you're proposing here because <laughs> I hate to waste any kind of food. Sure. I, I, you know, so I may, hey, if there's a little too much, let's put it in a container. Somebody will eat it at a later yeah. time. Well, you know, leftovers. The cereal part is, is interesting because some of these cereals, you know, you got, you got quite a collection of what I could consider to be the remnants of the, you know, at the end of the bag and you don't really want to waste them, but you don't, they don't have the consistency of the cereal. So I do, I kind of do a half thing. Okay. So it depends upon how much. And of course, you have to strategically make sure that you don't have like half a bowl at the end. Mm -hmm. So I kind of do a thing where I, I, A, I always have a backup box. 
Yes. So when I yeah. when I, I I buy two boxes generally of the same thing, and then mm-hmm. I replenish one box as I empty one box. So you never are without a full. <laughs> never bowl. left with half a bowl. Look, there's nothing worse than half a bowl. Although when I was a kid, hey. I used to mix cereals okay. all the time. That was one of my other topics. I wondered if oh, you were yeah. a mixer. I am not a mixer. Never have been. I never even what? thought of it as a concept till I was an adult, and someone told me they did that, and I thought, who even are you? Like, who does that? <laughs> but apparently, people do. I do. <laughs> yeah. Do you still? Oh yeah. Honeycombs and Cheerios were awesome to mix together. I, I only do it if I have wow. a half a, see, this is, the, there's, here's the, here's the quandary, right? So if you have a half a bowl and you're like, you had your heart set on a bowl of cereal and you only have half a bowl, well, you only have half a meal and you're half hungry still. So what do you do? So you either have to mix it up. Mm-hmm. Did you hear that? Did you hear that noise come in? No. That beating. Oh, it came right in my headphones. It's like I had a bright idea and I'm the only one that heard it. So, uh, which is typical, actually. That's the story What's of my new? life. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, I, I will mix cereals. It's, it's not a common thing, but I mm-hmm. have done it and will do it on occasion. I oftentimes will mix crunchy raisin bran with, with multigrain cereals. I can't, I just can't. But they have. Yeah, the problem is, is and, and it is, it's a tough one because then you have. So here's the other question that begs to be a- asked is, are you a soggy cereal person mm-hmm. or are you a crunchy, just, you know, you, you pour the milk and you have to immediately start eating it because I think you're, you're either in one or the other camp. Like you're a soggy person, you can let it sit there for a minute or two, mm-hmm. nice and everything gets, gets drenched in the milk. I don't. I like to pour my milk in and immediately dig in. I, so that- I do like the crunch, but I will have to say some cereals don't hold up as well. So by the end, you do have some soggies, but I don't mind them. You know what okay. I mean? I would never have soggy be my goal, which by the way, when I wear sweatpants, my kids are saying, oh, mom's soggy. So that is the term that we should have covered on our, <laughs> um, you know, Gen X versus Gen Y. Because soggy. They soggy. say you're soggy? Mm-hmm. Yep. I'm soggy because I'm wearing sweatpants. <laughs> Anything that's slightly baggy, you're soggy. So use that one on your okay. girls. Okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try so, it. I'll, let you, I'll report back. Here's what I find when I'm left with a partial bowl of cereal. I look at it as cool. I get to have half a bowl of this kind of cereal and then half a bowl of some other kind. Oh, look at you. mixing them is just wrong, unless they are from the same cereal family. For instance, if you have cinnamon checks and like corn checks sitting around, I will mix those together if I run short on one or the other. Hmm. They're within the same cereal genus. Uh, and I feel like it's I didn't okay. realize there was a cereal <laughs> genus, but that's okay. I feel like I'm, it's okay. okay now, here's my question. Do you always drink the milk out of the bowl at the end? I know you love milk. Of course. What if it's like pure sugar sludge? Uh, like, how else would you do it? Yeah, but like, like all of that sugar, all the sugar that uh, gets poured in from that box of life cereal that it, lands in the bottom. It's so wonderful. It's so wonderful. Oh. It is. It it that that is that's like that's like a that's like a jolt of of just uh, that's like. Sucking down a a, a bottle like of a Coke or stick, Jolt Cola, right? you're like, a, yeah, it's a pixie like, stick in a bowl. Doing that. Yeah. Oh yeah. I can't sure. do that. That I. That's the one time I will ditch it, which is why when I pour out the last bit of a box of Life cereal, I will reach in and just get out the actual pieces. I don't want that pile of sugar that's on the bottom. I think the worst offender for the cereals is the the frosted cover mini wheats because they get so smushed up and then i i i gotta say it's when i have bought them it's like a two inch thing of sludge at the bottom of the bag and that's where i i i I, I have i have difficult time i I don't know if i should i I don't know if i should be just pouring milk into the bag and eating it right out of the bag no i know exactly what you mean 
how high do you fill your cereal with milk? Do you have it filled halfway up the cereal pile or do you have to cover it like my husband does? Three quarters of the way. And then I have to do some, I have to do some pre-eat, uh, pre-eating <laughs> dunking. So I have to do a little, you know, where you take the spoon and you kind of have to push it down into uh -huh. the, so it's kind of like, it's kind of like when you were a kid and you would grab somebody's head while you were swimming in a pool and you would, you would jump on somebody and uh, on their shoulders and smush, push them down into the water. Yes. I kind of do that with my spoon and my cereal. I, kind that of push, is a I push people down and I push them down. Uh -huh. I go, you're only going to be down there for a second. So hold <laughs> your breath and then I'm eating you. That's what I say to them. Ah, uh, that is a sinister analogy, and now I know so much more about you, and you were that kid I hated in the pool. <laughs> look, look, I, I'm, I'm there for you. I, I'm only dunking you for a second, and then the pain is over. Yeah, yeah. we're going right there. <laughs> so, so how high I pour the milk depends on the cereal, because typically I would do a three-quarters or four-fifths, I would say, is where I pour my milk. Ted wants it completely covered. He wants it drowning. Well, so how deep is the bowl and how buoyant is the cereal is really is really the, the complex equation that you have to weigh out when or, you're deciding how much milk to put in. So your grape nuts, you don't need a lot. Wait, wait. Hold no, on. No. Your grape nuts are so dense. You're wrong, don't sir. You're wrong, they sir. They don't float. They don't you, float. Those suckers clearly, are like rocks on the bottom of the you, river. Have you ever eaten them? Of course. And I almost lost a tooth. I, that's because I was crunching so hard. I was crunching so hard. No, I didn't leave him soak enough. I was crunching so hard. I could hear my molars cracking as I was crunching. I'm thinking to myself, my dentist is going to kill me. He's going to go in there. And he's going to go, ha, ha, you were eating grape nuts, weren't you? It's like gravel. I don't even know what it is, but they're so good. But listen, with the grape nuts, you have to overestimate your milk level. You have to cover them because they soak all of that up. And then you get to the point where they're not mush, but they're not rocks. And they're the perfect mm. crunch consistency where you can eat them, but you need a lot of milk for it. I have often, like almost always when I eat grape nuts, I have to go back and add more because it, it soaks it all up like a sponge. Well, I'm telling Welcome you. To the I, science I, of cereal. I'm, t I'm telling you. Well, here's the, here, you know, so the most, the most buoyant cereal is obviously honeycombs. I mean, those guys have oh, so yeah. much surface area and they're like little floating, you know, flower flower tops of and yeah. i used to i used to pour them almost in a bowl that looked like a pot because because you, you you would you would, you would pour them in there and you'd be like okay and then you'd add milk and these things these suckers would start to rise like and they're <laughs> like, like air. stop they're, rising they're, and they're so, not yeah, filling at they all. are and then you have to push you have to push those guys down well you got to push those guys down under the under oh, the milk there you are otherwise again, drowning they're, they're not, innocent cereal <laughs> Do you think cereal screams when they when I push the push them? Well, only be under there for a minute. Oh my god! Did I ever tell you my cousin, my cousin thought that uh, my cousin thought that lettuce screamed when you bit into it? That's why no. he, she equated the crunch with screams. What? Uh, look, I, it, that's exactly the response that I had. I was like, "Yeah, right, okay." As I'm crunching, I, I, hey, eat my listen. Eat my if cereal. you've ever boiled and eggs. My, um, Boiled eggs and, and baking potatoes all sound like they're screaming. Yeah, you know, that's just water escaping, right? No, there's or, they're or air escaping in the water. <laughs> Diving into a good book is always such a nice escape. Like one of my favorite movies is the Kira Knightley version 
of Pride and Prejudice. So I just got the audiobook. So that is going to be one of my guilty pleasures to dive into just for a little escape. You're a much better person than me. I'm I'm so into binge watching Netflix documentaries that I, I think I'm mildly addicted. <laughs> I just can't stop watching. And they're all documentaries. Uh, tell me, tell Innocence me Project. Uh, Innocence Project is really good. So mm-hmm. my mother's side of the family, a lot of them were in law enforcement. And this uh-huh. is about people that were wrongfully accused uh, and put into jail for gruesome crimes and murders that they didn't commit, but they got railroaded and and put into this because of pressure from politicians and from communities and from the police and from the attorney's office, district attorney's offices to, to solve these crimes and put somebody away for them. Uh-huh. That oftentimes these people wound up in situations where they were in the wrong place at the right time and they mildly looked like or fit a description. And next thing you know, they're, they're in prison for life or they're on death row or whatever else. And later on, years later, most of these people have been in prison for 20 plus years. Mm -hmm. They are acquitted because of DNA. So this is before there was DNA testing and this was, you know, or uh, sculptatory evidence was withheld from- Listen uh, to you with the the legal uh, terms. Oh, oh, I'm totally, I'm so- Oh, oh, I'm totally into this. And and it's it's fascinating to see how uh, the legal system can be manipulated. And so this group out of New York City called the Innocence Project has a group of lawyers and they get letters from uh, inmates and from people all around the country saying, hey, look, uh, please look into my case. And they get thousands of letters and they they, they are highlighting um, some of the biggest, bigger successes that they've had. Mm-hmm. And it's incredible. I, I find that if I could go back now and, and be a kid, I would totally want to be like a, a crime scene investigator, not the CSI, because well, some of that could. stuff is so so sensationalized mm-hmm. and they kind of debunk a lot of that stuff but simple dna stuff that has now gone back and cleared people and here's the other thing that is really difficult so due process within our country is you know you're supposed to be have a, tr- a trial a fair trial in a fair amount of time mm-hmm. many of these people were in year in prison for years before they even went to trial oh so wow. they're, they're sitting in a jail for upwards of 2 3 years before the prosecution could put together enough evidence to bring them to trial. Mm-hmm. And and I, to me, I, it just is mind blowing to me. The other show that I was watching is, um, oh, how to fix a, how to fix a drug scandal on Netflix. That's uh, about uh, two, um, two women, two separate women who worked in two different drug labs in the state of Massachusetts. And they did drug testing for the legal system. So if you got if you were found to have uh, what would consider to be drugs on you, you would be arrested and then they would take that and they would send it to a lab and they would do testing on it to prove that it was some illicit illicit drug, whatever it was. And then the lab person would test it and it would be under, under certain controls and chain of custody. And then you, a report would come back. And back in the 90s, no, not 90s, in the early 2000s, um, there was uh, these two women two, on two separate scenarios, but but happening almost at the same time where they was a huge scandal with the um uh with the drug testing in massachusetts and i just find that's fascinating the other one was the pharmacist that's also too about um oxycontin and the uh, the pro- proliferation of what they called um uh pill mills or doctors that will, doctors gone bad that would just give anybody a prescription for oxycodone or oxycontin mm-hmm. for whatever they for whatever they needed and they basically made addicts out of them thousands and thousands of people became addicted to it because it is so highly addicted and they took down one of the wealthy one of the wealthiest families in the in the in the country the Purdue family who owned Purdue Pharma 
had to go bankrupt. I mean, this is a company that would made, they'd made billions and billions of dollars off this, what they considered to be a wonder drug. And actually it was, became one of the more, more addictive than cocaine and, and, and just as addictive as crack. Right. Um, but legal because it's, it, you get it with a prescription. So wow. yeah, so I, I'm, I'm watching things like Kimmy Schmidt <laughs> and you're watching. <laughs> I mean, yeah. And the, IT I'm trying crowd, to, I'm trying. So. Yeah, but I'm not reading. See, you're reading. So okay. I, I'm going to give you, you get, a, you get extra points for okay. reading. I, I'm being a little bit of a couch potato. And, yeah, and so okay. yeah. you're learning things and you're actually, I mean, Hey, it's not too late for you to pick a different career. It never is. No, uh, but I, yeah, I want to be the guy that shows up and says, yeah, this is how the crime was done. <laughs> yeah. I would make my grandpa that might, proud. That might take a while. Yeah. yeah. Well, I was just thinking somebody was just asking recently on Facebook for recommendations. They were looking for, um, they didn't want historical fiction. They just sort of wanted like a good read that's fiction that they could just dig into one book I loved that they subsequently turned into a movie is called Where'd You Go, Bernadette? That was a great book. I, there are a couple by Sophie Kinsella, what I call more of a fluff, like a light read. One's called I've Got Your Number. The other's called Can You Keep a Secret? And mm-hmm. they will absolutely make you laugh if you're looking for something lighter. That's, are, you these, know, are these kind of women books, though? The last two might be considered chiclet. Well, wasn't the first one about more women type stuff? Am I, uh, am I thinking of a different author? Uh, the first one, not, Where'd You Go, Bernadette? A, anybody yeah. would enjoy, I think. Anyway. Good book. Grocery shopping now is like going on a military recon mission. And (laughs) I just feel like you have to do all of this prep work beforehand, really think through what you're doing while you're there, Mm -hmm. and then break it down at home. So, so, how, just, so how well do you know your grocery store? We do our grocery list in the order it appears in the store, starting at the right side when you walk in and moving to the left toward Frozen. And, Seriously? Oh, yeah. You end with Frozen, right? So Frozen Always, and then you're yeah. out. Yeah, Frozen Good. and then we're out. Okay, because I'm, I'm with other family members and they're like, let's go look at the ice cream. I'm like, that's the last thing you look at, damn yeah. it. Yeah. No, my, no, don't even think about ice cream right now. Unless you're splitting like into four people who are there and one person does frozen while another does, no. you know, nope, nope. Not even. Yeah. Nope. It doesn't work that way. No, nope. well, there's no splitting up. Uh, you, know, you can split up for everything else except for frozen items. <laughs> Once in a while, when I get done with frozen, I will do a quick zip through the aisles that are right behind the cash registers just because they don't fall smoothly along the path that we're traveling when we go through. Because there are a lot of things in those aisles just behind the checkout that we don't necessarily get very often, you know, like your toothpaste mm-hmm. and your tongues no, no, or, no. you know, things like that. No, no, that's a completely different run. If that's the pharmacy, that's the pharmacy and, and, and personal healthcare run that has no business with your food. You, <gasps> oh, you do we, separate we trips. Got, what? Don't you prepare? Don't you, don't you stock up with a couple of, a couple of tubes well, of toothpaste? Yeah. Yeah. Usually, usually we do. But I mean, if we find we're running low on one, I'm not going to make a separate trip to go get toothpaste. I get it in my grocery no. run. That's why uh, it's in your grocery store. <laughs> I don't know, but I, I feel like. I don't buy toothpaste at Wegmans. You, you know want to guess where I buy it? Oh gosh. You get it at the dollar store. The dollar tree. It's not the dollar store. It's the dollar they're tree. All, they're all the and dollar store. All right. Where do they get their merchandise? That's what I want to know. What do you mean? Where do they get it? Well, I, is it overstock they're getting somewhere? Why do no. they get it so much cheaper than everybody else? It makes me skeptical. Because they buy it in bigger quantities. Okay. That's what I'm wondering. And they take lesser, less of a margin. But you also have to okay. understand that some of that stuff is mm-hmm. also to in different sized containers. So Yeah, um, smaller. Well, you can buy the top ramen at, at Dollar Tree for a buck, for oh. like five five things for a buck. And at Wegmans, it's like twice the price. So it guess is. what? 
And I, guess what? They don't have any right now. It's all gone. Well, I just bought ramen the other day at the Dollar Tree. Somewhere there so is a man or a woman with a basement full of ramen, and I'm a little mad at them right now. Because well, they have the ramen and the toilet paper because those go together. <laughs> I don't know. I so I feel like so we do our list. We make we put it in. You know the order it goes in. Now mm-hmm. Ted and I'll both go. We'll each get our own big cart. We rip the the list in half. He does half the store. I do half the store. We check out separately and we're on our way. But you find that now you've doubled the amount of you, you because two of you have gone to the store. And I'm going to play the devil's advocate here because I have multiple friends that are very concerned about contamination and. I know. And Exposure. You've double exposed your family. I know. I know. When one say. of you, when one of you could have just taken care of that whole list, and the other one could have stayed back. And well, done that. that is a cons- we have considered that, but I guess our thinking was we're going to get out of there in half the time if we do it this way. So I really okay. don't know which is better. You know, linger longer. I don't know. I don't know either. I, I, I do. I do all the shopping in my in my house yeah. because of circumstances. So I, yeah. you know, for the most part, I'm the sole dude going out there and fighting the good fight and right. You know, I try to minimize the amount of time I'm in the store. Plus, I also don't. See, do you go down every aisle back and forth, or do you just go down the aisles where the where you have? We only go down the aisles where we need something. And that's what I do too. So yeah. I very I don't do the. Let's go up and down every aisle, round and round. It's like I know exactly where everything is. I look at the list. I go, yeah. okay, this goes here. This goes here. Boom, 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 boom. I do a quick read through at the end of the, at the end. I get my ice cream and then I'm out. Well, Boom. do yourself a favor. Put it. You know the order of the store. Put your list in order. It is life changing. We've done that always. And not, and not just for head. this. We've always no, done do this. I can do it I, in my head. I can't because if I look at that list, I I end up backtracking and it takes five times as long. And really, you know, Ted's calling me saying, "Are you ever coming home?" Well, some people have likened this new shopping like a game of Pac-Man. Have you seen that meme going around online? I have not. Uh, yeah, it's like Pac-Man. Like you see somebody in another aisle, so you go go elsewhere. I feel like it's a little bit like a Roomba vacuum where I'll go to head down an aisle. If I see somebody already occupying that space, I back up, I redirect. You know, mm-hmm. Pac-Man, Roomba, that's all sort of the same. Well, they oh, become you? walls in the, in the aisles. You totally. Because they're, yeah. they're having problems seeing through the... the, the can you hear me? You're choppy at the moment. Oh, this is bad. This is like we're it's like um it's like we're out in space and we have just lost our connection and <laughs> Eric just went off to Mars and I'm headed to the moon and Oh it's not you <laughs> no, I can hear you. All right, maybe we should <laughs> Oh. Maybe we should do our 60-second rant and Come on, I was on. just about to slam all the old shoppers oh. at Wegman. <gasps> that <laughs> I'm is just so gonna, mean. I just, no, they're just, they, they, they're they slow. They they, they clog the arteries. I I, I want to go Pac-Man, Pac-Man and just barrel over them, but they, and then they, they don't, they're looking <laughs> for stuff. Their mask is over their eyes. I saw a woman the other day who actually had, I think we talked about this last time, she had the, the mask only over her mouth. I'm like, yeah, hello, yeah. nose? Yeah. Hello, nose? Again. I don't know. I can I just tell you though I've never been more proud to be a germaphobe in my life because I'm now You're normal. Yeah. Thanks everybody for coming to my normal. <laughs> you know what? I'm designing a germaphobe flag that will now you can just fly proudly outside of your house. I mean, yeah. why not? It's time for the 60 second rant. We have the same exact rant because you probably have the same exact rant that we have, which is how crazy people can be even in the midst of a pandemic.
I mean, the people who were protesting in a couple different states, there was a picture of a woman from Colorado where there was a medical professional standing in the road, masked, arms crossed, and not letting these, this truck pass. And this is the woman who was hanging out the side. I think everyone's seen her who had a sign that said land of the free. And I think most of us are thinking natural selection at work. I just, I just don't get it. Uh, no, I, look, um, even in the face of facts and in the, with full knowledge that this is a virus that has the world has never seen and has traveled across the globe and is crippling. I understand, look, everybody wants to work and everybody wants to make money yeah. and nobody wants a government handout and everybody wants to go back to their normal lives. But this will be even more of a rude awakening when this thing does pass because there will be new normals. Somebody mm -hmm. even said to me the other day, if you live in, an, in a region of the United States or the world where you get a lot of snow or harsh weather in the wintertime, right. and you know how they used to have, well, we're going to have a snow day? No yeah. more snow days. There shouldn't be any more snow days, right? So there, there should be online learning, a lot of learning now, I think, especially um, in higher education, where it was looked upon as, well, you can't take an online course and really have really get a good education. Now, all of a sudden, you're going to be able to achieve a higher uh, higher education uh, with a lot more online learning that will be acceptable. But no, my rant, I'm going back, to, I got into a tangent. The rant is, as, uh, as I was reading um, with these protesters that aren't wearing masks and are, are, are putting themselves and others at risk is, as George Carlin would say, this is the thinning of the herd. And the ones yes. who are wearing the masks at these rallies are even more hilarious. They're saying this is fake, but why are you wearing a mask then? Well, because you're always going to have people that are going to do it the just in case people, right? Well, just in case. Mm. And I'm like, you know what? How about just in case you stay home? Yeah. I go love on. the idea of people who are going to go and protest. They should all sign a waiver saying if they do come down with this, they're going to just take care of each other and not bog down the medical system and tax even further the already overtaxed medical workers, mm -hmm. the nurses, the doctors, people who just work in the hospital, the cleaning staff, everybody right down from top to the bottom are right. overtaxed. And these people are creating more of a problem. Look, even in, you go back and look at pictures from 1918, when the Spanish flu was here, the last pandemic that, that hit the United States, right? In, right? To the magnitude, they were wearing masks. People yeah. out, they, they show people in the middle of the streets and in major cities, all wearing masks. This is fact. Nobody photoshopped those masks on old photographs. Right. To make this sound worse than it is and or to as a government, a government conspiracy. Mm -hmm. And why wouldn't anybody make this up? It's just crazy. Hey, we want to see you in your masks. We're asking for funny masks. Show us all your right. best funny mask. All right. We'll see you. Thanks for being with us. Bye. You can email us at the say something podcast at gmail.com. Please send us your thoughts, your feelings, a funny picture, whatever, and we'll add it to our collection.